asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're discussing the massive retirement account changes that impact you. That's right, Joel. The massive changes, the specific changes that took place at the end of uh, last year. And lots of them. Well, it, yeah. not the, the changes. Well, the, the, it's kind of like cav- a cascading arrangement of changes. So we're going to talk about this, like when they're going to be implemented, how they're going to yeah, be implemented. It, it passed, but it may not actually be implemented for yeah. years, even a decade uh, <laughs> from now. Some we started thought, beginning of this year. Some will yeah. start until 2027. It's, yeah, we, so we thought about uh, calling this episode working towards a more secure retirement <laughs> because it's the secure 2.0. Secure Act, Act. 2.0, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we felt like we were burying the topic a little bit. Because this truly is, it's really important. It actually, so it kind of makes me think of instruction manuals. A lot of folks may have gotten some electronics uh, or like a new toy. In my case, I got a Traeger grill for Christmas and it comes with with like this fat instruction manual. And essentially what we're doing is we're sitting down and we are reading that instruction manual and we're making sure that you know how to properly run your retirement account. A lot of times you can kind of throw that instruction manual to the side and think, I'll just kind of figure this out. But we think this is truly important. We're the kind of nerds who sit down and uh, (laughs) read page after page and make sure that (laughs) that you are going to be able to save for retirement the correct way. And the truth is there there are a lot of changes, some of which might not impact you, but we're going to kind of highlight the most important ones, the ones that we think are going to impact the biggest well, uh, swath of our listeners. And a lot of them will. I mean, we're talking, we're going to talk a lot about Roth accounts, but mm-hmm. also 529 accounts. There are new retirement accounts out there for the self-employed. 
there is quite an array of changes uh, that took place. And For so sure. We're going to cover all of those today, all man. Right. Before we get to that, I wanted to mention one other account, <laughs> just to muddy the waters a little more, and that is donor <laughs> advice funds. And we've talked about those. We talked about those in November when we talked about giving, and we think giving your money away is really important. But if you're the kind of money nerd who wants to sock money aside and give it in future years, a donor advice fund can, can help you do that. And it can actually help you grow the dollars that you want to give. And we've talked about how Daffy is a really cool website, daffy.org to do that, D-A-F-F-Y. And listener Jared apparently heard us talk about it a couple years ago, and he opened up an account with Daffy. But he he emailed us, Matt. And this is so cool. I thought this was awesome <laughs> because he won a $10,000 prize that Daffy was giving away. $10,000. So that he could then give that money away. So that he, he has extra ammunition now in his giving arsenal, uh, all because he participated in this in this Daffy giveaway. To, to give away to charities and nonprofits of his choice, of yeah. his designation. And on top of that, on top of that, Daffy has... Uh, this way that you can allow other people to give your money away to. So he gave some of his money away that he earned, that he won in the sweepstakes to his coworkers. He said, hey, listen, yeah. you've got a hundred bucks, you got a hundred bucks, you got a hundred bucks. Where do you want it to go to? And they were able to decide which nonprofits to donate that money to. So that's kind of fun. Like that's a really cool way to incorporate mm-hmm. the people around you into the giving mindset too. But just thought that was fun to highlight. Love donor advised uh, funds, love Daffy and the fact that Jared won Ten thousand bucks because he so uh, stinky. How neat that's is a, that? That's a lot of money, that's man. That's a lot of money. And real quick, it's worth mentioning that donor advice funds—they're not just for those out there who are completely crushing it. It's not for the the ultra rich. And so there are ways that you clump your donations so that way you get the tax credit for those, uh, the tax deduction for those donations, as opposed to just taking the standard deduction. And so this truly is something for yeah. for everyone out there who is giving their money. We should we should write about that in an upcoming How to Money newsletter, which by the way, if you're not signed up, howtomoney.com slash newsletter. And Matt, just one other cool thing about Daffy. I love that you can donate with a credit card and not pay any fees. That's a cool way to like, uh, it, obviously, <laughs> we don't want you to go in debt to give. But if you're using a credit card strategically to meet a sign up bonus or something like that, then I I think that's really, I love that Daffy allows users mm-hmm. the ability to do that. And if you're wondering which credit card has the best signup bonuses, howtomoney.com slash credit cards. That's but right, man. Let's uh, mention the beer we're having on this episode. It's an Imperial Strawberry White Ale by Tennessee Brew Works. We'll give our thoughts on it at the end of the episode. But let's get on to the subject at hand. We are talking about the massive retirement account changes that impact you. And we, we've always said that the basics of personal finance aren't terribly difficult to comprehend. They're not impossible to wrap your mind around. And in fact, most people understand them quite clearly. Even my, my three-year-old <laughs> <The> general, <laughs> to understand some of the basics, right? The general principles are fairly easy to yeah, understand. Like don't spend more than you make. Like that, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to really understand that. But incentives change everything. And they might even get you to do something that you're not terribly keen on doing. It makes me think of, uh, Matt, you remember the, the TV show Fear Factor? I do. Okay. I, I never watched it. But. Okay. Well, I remember people used to eat really weird stuff. They used to mm-hmm. like lie down in glass coffins with spiders crawling over them. Eat a also, scorpion. Yeah. Right <laughs> you had to overcome your fears. You had to do crazy stuff. And the, the fact is most of us wouldn't choose to do any of those stunts if it weren't connected to the possibility of winning a lot of money, right? But people were like, listen, okay, I'm going to win thousands of dollars or potentially a million dollars for letting spiders crawl all over me. Mm -hmm. All right, I guess I'm in, right? (laughs) So that incentive kind of changes someone's mindset and their decision-making. You know what? I'm going to go on that show and I'm going to do that crazy stunt because I might make some money at the end of the day. And and that's true from like, if you ask me to get into a 
coffin of spiders or something i would say no like i wouldn't do it unless there was like a million bucks at the end of the rainbow but uh, these are the kind of things like there are things in this bill that are going to change the incentives for how and where you invest for the future we're going to discuss that we're going to talk about some of our favorite changes in this bill we're going to talk about how you should react to these changes based on your situation in today's episode that's right man when the the rules of the game have changed we need to adjust our behavior accordingly And at the the end of last year, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, that was signed into law. Uh, all uh, 4,100 pages of it. Yeah, which you read every single page, <laughs> every, Matt. It's, Congratulations. I will, I will say, folks were always talking about how, you know, how big it was, but like, it's definitely, the, margin, the margins are pretty, <laughs> are pretty fat, and it's like, there's definitely double spacing going on. It's kind of like what you used to do in high school to, <laughs> yeah, to get that pa- exactly. paper up to length. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, luckily we're, we're mostly concerned with just a portion of it. The Secure Act 2.0, uh, which is, it's all about saving for retirement. Uh, but even just that portion, it's nearly 400 pages long. But yeah, lucky for you, we are into this kind of stuff. So let's, let's parse out what you need to pay attention to. And one of the changes that will affect a ton of folks, most folks out there, is that the bill now allows you to withdraw $1,000 for quote unquote family and personal emergency expenses from retirement accounts like a uh, like a 401k or an IRA without incurring a 10% penalty. There are other stipulations as well, other rules. But here's the thing, we're not even gonna cover those because we don't want you touching your retirement accounts. That is what your emergency fund is for. Mm-hmm. So if you hear folks at work, if you hear the you know water cooler talk being discussed, how hey we you can tap tap a thousand bucks of that that pesky money that keeps getting <laughs> siphoned out of your paycheck. That is something bring that it back into your you own. Now know account. how to think about that is not money that we want you touching. Even though Congress has has left a pretty broad, I mean, literally, it's just family and personal emergency expenses. So it seems like a a very wide swath Mm -hmm. of explanations that you could give for tapping that money. That is not money that we want you tapping. That is money that we want you to leave in your accounts. That way it can continue to grow into even more future dollars for your future self. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it seems like a benefit. It seems like a nice thing. It's like, hey, yeah, if you need this money for any reason, go ahead, tap it, pull it out. And guess what? We're not going to charge you that penalty on top. And it seems like, great, now it makes this money more accessible. But that's exactly what we don't want, yeah. <laughs> is this money to be more accessible. This is money we want you to lock away for your future. And there are some extreme circumstances where it makes sense to take money out of a retirement account. But that's what emergency savings is for. And that's what building up that e-fund and, and having more money on hand in your savings account is for. We we don't want you to have to ever pull out money from a retirement account. Yeah. That's not the goal. I mean, but if, if it, it, it is down, easier now. If it comes down to like you selling a kidney right. or, right. or tapping a thousand bucks. Or a kid, you know. <laughs> well, go ahead, kid do, or kidney. go ahead and do the thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah, hang on to the kidney. Yeah. I mean, exactly. That, and that's what that's what I, I think Congress is trying to say. Here they don't want people if, selling kidneys. If you, <laughs> they don't. They don't want a black market for that. They don't want you on Craigslist selling your body parts. But it's one of those things where I, I get why they're going in this direction, but how to money listeners like that, hopefully this, this isn't going to apply to you. You exactly. don't care about that part of it. Exactly. But let's talk about a bunch of other stuff, Matt, that does, is going to impact a lot of our listeners and automatic enrollment into employer retirement plans is one of them. It's one of the major changes from this bill. And it's a, a money psychology move that's going to impact millions of folks positively who aren't currently saving for their own retirement. Again, though, that might not be a whole lot of our listeners. Most of our, uh, of the how to money community 
is putting money in a workplace retirement account if they have access. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. But starting in 2025, a bunch of employers who have at least 10 employees, churches and nonprofits are exempt from this rule. They're now required, though, to automatically opt in employees by stashing away at least 3% and up to 10%. Like if you had like a an employer who was like, no, we want them saving and investing so much, they could automatically enroll you at 10% of your, your paycheck into that workplace retirement account. That's, that's what we would do. Yeah, that's probably what <laughs> we would force it. The, the default 10%. And make you change it, exactly. Like, no, no, no. You start at 10% and you go up from there. That's right. Yeah, we're not going to mess around with that piddly 3%. And if you want to take it, you know, take the burden in your own hand and, and go change that setting and move it back down to three, that's on you. Yeah, but, but we know that that's probably, you know, not many of the folks listening right now, they're on it, they're saving for their own retirement. But let's say you mosey on down the road to a new job, your employer is now going to be automatically enrolling you into their 401k plan or 403b plan or whatever. And also employers are now able to offer incentives for you to sign up and start contributing to your 401k, which I thought was cool. Maybe like a free water bottle or a small gift card, <laughs> uh, which shouldn't be what you need to get signed up. A free pizza, sort of like a, the old school credit card signups. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except for this is a much better thing you're signing up for. <laughs> yes. Uh, but now this is a legal approach employers can take to encourage employees to invest, which, which I think is cool. Yeah, let's keep talking about the different incentives that are being dangled in front of us. Savers who have a Roth 401k, they can now choose to have their match go into their Roths as well. Now, this is especially advantageous for everyone out there who is just starting out in the career and who is likely to earn substantially more money down the road. You want to pay those taxes now, not in future years, decades down the road, when you are likely going to be earning more money, Mm -hmm. uh, where you'll be in a higher tax bracket. Before, if your employer offered a, a Roth 401k option, you could definitely stock that money away into the Roth 401k, but then the match that your employer offered, that would go into a traditional 401k, which obviously is it's not the worst thing in the world. You're still getting the free money. But for a lot of folks, it makes sense to get all that money, including the match in the form of Roth funds, if you could. And now you can. And so this is definitely one that you want to keep on your radar. You'll probably hear about this one at work. But if not, make sure to ask around and see when that might be available for you. Yeah. And again, a lot of these things, this was passed at the very end of last year. And if you reach out to your HR department right now, they might be like, sorry, just got got back from my holiday (laughs) trip. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's going to take a while. Well, first off, some of these things aren't supposed to be implemented for years down the road. Like we talked about that employer match thing that starts in 2025. So that doesn't start this year. It doesn't even start next year. Some of these other things, uh, the, the start date is different. But when you reach out to HR, it, it might take them time to implement some of these things. So just understand that and be cognizant of that before you start jumping down their throat, yeah. right? <laughs> before and, you start pounding on the door, yeah. demanding that they make those changes now. Yeah, I want that. I heard Matt and Joel talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's your problem? Get with it. Well, so yeah. The, and again, this is a 4,000 page bill and it's going to take it's going to take a while for the implementation to, to happen. Uh, but let's talk about one other thing that's really interesting on the, the 401k front and a lot of organizations are, are going to be implementing this as well. Something else on that match front is that starting in 2024, next year, if you're paying down your student loans and you're therefore unable to invest in your workplace retirement account because so much of your income is going to pay off that, that college debt, you're not going to be eligible for the match that you previously wouldn't have qualified for. So uh, that match uh, from your employer is going to go into a retirement account. So you'll still be investing even though you're not actually investing. So yeah, even if you can't afford to put any of your paycheck toward like even 3%, right? Towards that 401k, because the student loan uh, bill is so demanding, 
your employer is going to be able to invest on your behalf with a match. So I think that's kind of cool because there are people in that sort of scenario, Matt, and they want to be investing. But student loans, obviously a massive burden for a whole lot of people. So And, and student loan forgiveness still up in the air. But I think this is a really interesting change. And in 2024, it's going to help a lot of, lot of people who otherwise wouldn't be investing anything, at least be investing something thanks to their employer and this new law change. Exactly. It's basically treating the student loan payments as if you were contributing that money into your 401k. Mm-hmm. Uh, your employer is viewing it like essentially you're giving getting the same benefit that somebody who's investing their money. You would also receive that benefit, but you are paying down debt instead. Yeah. And how's this going to play out in the specifics in actuality? I don't know, but we have time to kind of see how, because this this one, again, doesn't start till next year, but I'm sure that's going to be a way that you report your loan payments to your employer so they can then, you know, make that match happen. But um, yeah, what does it look like on the ground? Not sure yet. Exactly. Yeah. So we've kind of talked about some matches from your employer. There's some news on the, um, essentially matches from the government <laughs> as well. There are now expanded tax credits available, uh, a match from the federal government on at least a portion of the money that you invest. And this is for folks who have an adjusted gross income of less than $73,000. Interestingly, this one doesn't start until uh, 2027, though. The start dates of all this stuff, it's just kind of, it's kind of annoying that kind of all over the place. This one starts now. This one starts in 2025. Yeah. yeah. but the, the savers tax credit will, a few years from now, it'll become the savers match. And so there's some semantic change there going on, but that's gonna allow more individuals, it's gonna allow more families who aren't making bank to get an additional government match. Uh, so it's, they're no longer cutting your tax bill, it'll now actually be the government literally making a matching deposit to a traditional IRA for you. Uh, and it's gonna be up to $1,000 for individuals, it's gonna be $2,000 for married folks, and the specific amounts. It's actually based on how much you are able to contribute to that IRA yourself. And man, this is just another one of those incentives for young folks who are just at the beginning of their career. Uh, And for folks who perpetually just make less, it's going to allow them to find a way to start investing, even if they're not making a ton of money now. I kind of like that the government, even though I I hate that it's so complicated. I hate that all the laws governing these different tax advantage, work sponsored retirement accounts, individual tax advantage retirement accounts, it can all be so stinking confusing. I hate that part of it, but I do like that the government is essentially pushing some of the responsibility on us as yeah. individuals, right? And like they say, they are, hey, we're going to be we're going to be your buddy and help you out. We're going to come alongside yeah. you. Exactly. I love like I love that as opposed to like Social Security, where it's just six percent of your paycheck autom- automatically getting siphoned off and you don't even think about that money. You're not thinking about how that money is going to necessarily grow for you. There is an active step that's taking place here mm-hmm. as individuals are setting that money aside. They're like you said, they're kind of coming alongside you. We're, we're, we're buddies. We're partnering in this together because this is exactly how like when my kids get old enough to, to purchase a car, like cars are really expensive. But that doesn't mean I'm going to just buy a car for my kid. I'm going to say, hey, cars are expensive. You should start saving now. <laughs> and for every dollar you set aside for that car, guess what? Dad, like I'm going to pitch in. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to come alongside you. This is something that we can do together. I love that some of the, uh, yeah, just more of the responsibility is being placed on us as individuals. I want to see more of that and less dependence on the government. And by then, used Rivians aren't going to cost all that much. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> but, but will they still uh, carry the charge? That's a good like, question. That's, you know. Might need a new battery at that point. Yeah, we'll but see. yeah, no, I, I, I like this one too. I, I think it's a good one. And I, again, it starts in 2027, but it's going to help a lot of people. It's going to incentivize a lot of people to save 
save for retirement who otherwise wouldn't because it's like, oh, I'm getting 100% match on my dollars, depending on your income level. Uh, that might be the case for you. All right, but let's talk about in just a second, Matt, one of my favorite changes to this, and it's very nuanced. There's so much that goes into how much better 529 plans have become thanks to the passage of the Secure Act 2.0. We'll get to our thoughts on that. We'll talk about the intricacies and how it can actually benefit your child's financial future in a much bigger way than used to be possible. We'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, man, let's keep on trucking. And specifically, we're talking about 529 accounts. This is the aspect of the SECURE Act that we are... Secure Act 2.0, got to mention, that we're most excited about. I mean, mostly because you and I both have, you've got three kids, I got four kids. These are all kids who may or may not <laughs> go to college. Yeah. And the may not part of it is why these changes are, are so important. Exactly. So, yeah, this is the, this is actually in section 126 of the Secure Act. <laughs> Your which, favorite part. Which, you, <laughs> you read it with, with bated breath. I will say the sections, they start at like, I think it started at 101. So it's not like 
you know, they make it seem it's way bigger, like there. a much bigger deal than it is. So really, this is just section 26. <laughs> um, and when you say it that way, it actually sounds super boring. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but we've always said that 529 accounts, they can be a solid place to save for your child's future, but not until you've invested significantly for your own retirement, because there are a lot more ways to pay for college than there are to pay for retirement. But the bill, you know, that passed at the tail end of last year, it has made 529 plans significantly more attractive. You can now roll funds from a 529 account into a Roth IRA penalty free. And, uh, Honestly, that's that's the biggest reason why we were why we just didn't like 529 accounts all that much. You were essentially siloing that money into a 529 account only to be used for higher education. And if you wanted to take that money out, you're going to get hit with a 10% penalty. Makes me think of one of those home renovation shows, Matt, and how you might find a house with good bones. And then you clean it up and you, you put in a new kitchen and you're like, man, this thing is really attractive. And that's exactly what happened to 529 accounts. They had some good bones. There was, there were some good, there was uh, for a lot of people, 529 accounts made sense, but they were also they also didn't make sense for a whole slew of people. But now those good bones have been brought to life, yeah. and 529 accounts make more sense for a lot of folks. I don't know. Yeah. Bad analogy. I don't know. Maybe no, it works. It's, yeah, we, we we just found a way to blow out a wall in the 529 account, <laughs> right. and all of a sudden now we've linked the dining and the entertainment space. And yeah. All of a sudden, this is going to be my modern day family needs. Okay, so maybe it's more <laughs> like that Ty Pennington show back in the day where they added on like a whole wing to the house, and it's like now like, now is this that house the move my bus. Show? <laughs> yes. Is that that one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. Yeah. It, th- th- and that's kind of what. Happen, right? my funds. Because it made this account just doubly effective. It, yeah. it changed your ability for how you use but, these funds. But, you know, while a 529 account, like, it still is not sexier than your Roth IRA. The added flexibility, you know, that they now have, they, they allow you to not just pay for a private school, right, or, or college from this account, but it can help your child start to invest for their own future in a meaningful way. It allows them to start, you know, building up their own wealth to save for their own retirement, which is sort of a nice side effect, a, a nice additional benefit that comes with these changes. Yeah. And if you and I, we've been kind of giddy on this one. We've been talking about this change because a, a lot of money we've, nerds... We've certainly have teased to this one the most yeah. over the past Well, week. because I'm most excited about this because I think that this impacts a whole lot of how to money listeners who want to get the next generation of personal finance nerds started out on the right path and it, we're not the only one with kids no we're not the only ones with kids there's a lot of y'all and we're there. not the only ones who are like oh, i don't know if i do 529 counts make sense for me because you know they're not sure if their kids are gonna go to college or even if they do there's scholarship opportunities and so they just it's it's hard to know whether or not to prioritize that account and these changes make it easier to sock money away into one of those accounts, even if you're not sure about what the particulars of college are going to look like for your kiddo. But I also want to, yeah, like you said, that uh, your own retirement accounts still take priority. Here's how we're thinking about it. If you're already doing a fantastic job saving for your own future, and you want to help your kids get started off on the right foot for theirs too, then this provision is going to help you do just that. But we want to make sure that you're maxing a Roth, you're contributing a significant amount to your workplace retirement account before you start to help your child uh, accrue retirement dollars. And again, now with these changes, that is what a 529 account can do for them. It can turn into retirement dollars, which is really cool. Because before, it was like, use it or lose it, pay the penalty if it doesn't get spent on college. And now there's another uh, use case scenario for these 529 funds. But it still doesn't mean that they're more important than saving for your own retirement first. That's right. The purpose of these changes is to make sure that essentially they're alleviating stress that you might have for putting money into a 529 account that may not be used for higher education. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of people who already 
already have money socked into a 529 account and their 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 kids are graduated. And oh, yeah. I don't know what to do with this money. And so now there's like something to do with this money, which is great. Hopefully they didn't pull it out last year and pay right. the 10% penalty. And they're yeah. like, no! <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the, the stipulations associated with these changes and how you might be able to take full advantage. Um, a couple of things to note. Uh, first of all, you can only transfer $35,000 total into a Roth IRA for your kids from the 529 account uh, with their name on it over the years. And that's right? for each so kid, right? Each for beneficiary, each kid. yeah. Uh, and so the kid has to be listed as the beneficiary. You own the account, but the money can then be transferred out of that account into a Roth IRA in their name. And so for instance, let's say you have uh, $100,000 in one of those 529 accounts over two decades. That's something you've saved up. Well, no, that this means that basically only about a third of that money would ever be eligible for Roth transfers. Uh, the rest would need to be spent for education or you pull that out and get hit with that 10% penalty. And again, this is what 529 accounts were designed for. They were meant for higher education. This is probably fine. This is probably a, the major reason why you likely open the account or that you plan on opening one in the future. Uh, that's still a good reason. And the, honestly, the primary reason to use a 529, yeah. uh, 529 plan, it's like the, it's just a backup, right? It's sort of like going skydiving and counting on using your second chute like it like your emergency parachute like don't they have i think they have two yeah uh two parachutes i'd probably want three if i went but. yeah <laughs> but it's basically saying hey i'm gonna jump out of this plane and i'm looking forward to using that second sh second parachute it's like no 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 that's not really what it was in intended for you can do that but hopefully you are using it for its primary purpose first but now you just know that you've got that secondary just in case. Yeah. I, I kind of like, though, the secondary shoot on this one. I think it's for people oh, who, yeah. who are really with it. It's a very nice secondary shoot. Yeah, and they want their kids <laughs> to be millionaires, let's say, by the time they reach retirement age without having to do anything on their own. Granted, I want to teach my kids how to do the right things and how to invest for their sure, future and, sure. to be, and to care about investing from a personal standpoint. But if you want to get them started on the right path this account, you don't even have to think about it. You can now think about it purely as a retirement account if you wanted to for your kid's future, although I think you still want to think about it primarily as an education funding tool. But let's talk yeah. about... I've got mixed feelings about saving for yeah. your kid's retirement because like, it's one thing to save... Put for, that on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think funding different experiences or uh, extracurriculars or diff different things that you can do together as a family. But I don't, I'm still super just I'm mixed essentially yeah. on whether or not uh, I feel comfortable setting aside retirement dollars for my kids because I feel like it just does something mentally. Well, you almost don't want to tell them about it. Like yes. if you are doing it, except just that you're talking, we're talking about it right now on a podcast that kids, everyone hears. <laughs> turn this podcast off right now. If you're listening, <laughs> they're going to go dig in uh, <laughs> any, any account that has to do with kids accounts or 529s. Yeah. Like, All right. What did, what did Mr. Joel do? Or what, what did Daddy do? What did Joel do? What did I do? I, I guess I'm I'm more interested in the fact that you can then transfer that account into your own name and no, me knowing that I can then, with that 529, with me being named as the beneficiary, can then transfer that into a Roth IRA that is also in my name. That is something that you can also do. For me, that feels more like the the backstop. That's the to me that's the secondary shoot. Yeah. Well, it, interestingly enough, on that front, like we don't really have the details on how it works when you change beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things that that hasn't been completely spelled out. And so um, I'm actually going to talk about this right now. Let's talk about seasoning the account. If you yeah. rename the beneficiary, that might mean that you have to season the account again, which could make it really hard for uh, for the person who becomes the new beneficiary to actually get that money or, or at least prolong the timeline. But there's this 15-year rule that's massively important to understand if you want to utilize the new abilities of 529 plans. And basically, 
this uh, the 529 plan needs to be open for at least 15 years in order to reach the age of eligibility to where you're allowed to roll over some of those funds into a Roth. And that makes me that, that makes I would say opening that 529 plan early a really critical step. So even if you're you're not sure that you'll want to fund a retirement account like a Roth for your kid or that you're going to have enough money to contribute like you'd like to, you might say like, yeah, this is pie in the sky, but I I don't make enough money to even consider a maneuver like this. Well, that might be true right now, but it might not always be true. Yeah. Your income might skyrocket in the coming years and you might say, you might be a baller. I wish I'd done something, at least started <laughs> the ball rolling on that. And so we would say it's worth opening up a 529 uh, account in each of your kiddos' names, even just with the bare minimum, let's say it's $25 a minimum uh, to open the account, mm-hmm. do that and get that clock ticking. Your, your income and your goals might change, like we said, and, and it would be nice to have the option to contribute more and to funnel money into your child's Roth down the road. Let's say you don't use that money for education, and then you can start to jumpstart their retirement with it. But there's just more opportunity if you open the account in their first year or two of life. So I would say, like, you have a kid, you get their social security number, open up a 529 account now. Boom. Even if it's with 10, 20 bucks. Yep. And yeah, get that clock ticking because that is one of these one of these major uh, sticking points in this new bill. Exactly. And if you think you might be transferring that money again into your own name and naming yourself as the beneficiary, maybe it wouldn't hurt to open a 529 account in your own name and even your partner's name as well to be able to potentially, again, we don't know the specifics and how this is all going to play out, but to potentially spread that money out. Yeah. I mean, you might have the, assuming it stays at 6,500, dude, that, I mean, that's a total of $13,000 that you might be able to essentially funnel back into your own Roth IRAs. Well, we've had a 529 account for my wife for a couple of years now because she's in graduate school. She's already got... You so we're funding that, Get your set up. That yeah. way you've got both of those. And in 15 years, even if, it, even if the clock does reset and the seasoning of the account is beneficiary specific... Then just like having opened your your kids' 529 accounts, that that clock would have been ticking 15 years ago as well. Uh, But not only do you need to season the account, you have to season the the money that goes into the account as well. This is the five-year rule. So there's the 15-year rule and the five-year rule. The account has to have been open for more than 15 years, but tell us about the five-year rule. The money, it has to have been in that account for at least five years. And so that means that you, you can't roll over $529 that you've socked away within the most recent five years. Uh, So say... If you're 14 years in and you still just got that $25 hanging out in an account and then you decide to max out your contribution uh, right before year 15, well, those funds will need to then season for an additional five years before being able uh, to be eligible for Roth conversions. So yeah, keep that in mind as well. Essentially, just like if, I feel like we might be getting into the weeds here, but just like if you're doing a backdoor Roth IRA, that money has to season for five years. Uh, I'm assuming this is exactly where they got this information from uh, so that it mirrors that backdoor Roth. I can't imagine though that there's going to be, you know, millions of folks out there who are going to need to be able to maximize this new rule, you know, funnel a full $35,000 into a Roth for their child. But if that's your goal, uh, you're going to need to plan accordingly, which for most folks, this, this means regular contributions in those early years in order to grow that balance. Yeah. And I think that is where some folks might get hung up. They might be so excited about the, if they're like talk, if, if they care about generational wealth building and they say, unlike Matt and Joel, and I, I am funding the, my 529 accounts with more vigor now because of this law change, because there's more ability for me to pass that money down to my kids in an awesome retirement account for their future. And of course, not telling them about it, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where some people might get so excited about this and creating this generational wealth opportunity that they might fail or at least not 
to the same degree invest for their own future. Or like you said, Matt, too, even invest in things that help grow your family dynamic and and trips that might pay off yeah. in, in, from a cultural standpoint or from just a knowledge standpoint. I think those things are massively important. And if you're funding a 529 plan, uh, but you're skipping out on those other things, that's not, I, I wouldn't say that's smart. I wouldn't say that is creating a well-rounded family and well-rounded kids. So is, is, is that, Yeah. Food analogy. It makes me think that you're serving up the perfect amount of vegetables, protein, dairy, whatever for, for each meal. But you're like, you're not adding any seasoning to it at all. Yeah. And you're just like, well, no, no. These are the building blocks to a healthy, uh, fully balanced diet. Who cares about flavor? <laughs> well, flavor is really important. That's yeah. what actually gets you to do the thing. And if you've lost sight as to why it is that you are funding these accounts, it's to en- enrich the the lives of you know your, of your kids in the future. Yeah. It's important to keep that in mind as well. You don't want to lose sight. You don't want to focus so much on the long term that you lose sight of what's here right now, right in front of you. Yeah, you got to have that both and approach for sure. And, and one more thing that it's important to mention when it comes to the changes to 529 plans in this Secure Act 2.0, Section 126, uh, annual contribution limits still apply. And so those contribution limits, they're going to go up over time. They just went up this year from $6,000 last year to 6500 is what you can sock away in an IRA at this point. I can't predict what they're going to be in let's say 2039, but uh, let's just say the annual limit is still at 6,500, even though it won't be at that point. The the 529 account in question has been open for at least five, 15 years, Matt, like you just discussed, with at least $6,500 of those having been socked away at least five years ago. You can then roll over that $6,500 from the 529 account into a Roth IRA that is in your kiddo's name. And you can do the same thing in the following years too. One thing you you can't do is roll over 6,500 and then contribute 6,500 additional dollars. Like the the traditional way, the normal way. You can't say, you can't fund $13,000 into a Roth in one year. Half from the 529, half from just other earned income. The total annual max of 6,500 still applies. You could do half and half. You could do three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars yes. from as a rollover, and then the same amount as a traditional contribution. But yeah, you can't double up. Uh, those limits, those contribution limits, still apply. And okay, so that's a lot of new information <laughs> on how five twenty nine plans have changed. Hopefully, we didn't bore you with too many details. But how parents can best take advantage of this for their kids? This gets a bit complicated. Uh, and the reality, honestly, it's it's that most folks will have something to do now with those unused 529 funds that that don't involve a penalty. That is the great news here. But if you are inclined to take advantage of this, if you want to prime the pump for your child's future retirement, then we want to make sure that you do it properly, that you're thinking about it the right way. Again, even though 529 plans, they're, they're way cooler. They're way more flexible than they were. That still doesn't mean that it takes priority over the other retirement accounts that you have access to. Uh, but if you're willing, if you're able to do both, more power to you. And that being said, we've covered a lot of details. If you have questions, this is an excellent time for us to bring this up. (laughs) Submit a question to howtomoney.com forward slash ask. You can send us a voice memo. If you have a particular situation, if if you've come across a nuance of the law, uh, that you want us to talk about, you can ask a question. Send or if it you're just way. like, man, I in my specific, should I be contributing to a 529 plan for my kids? Like, we'd love to throw out a few of your particulars. We'd love to tackle it. Yeah. Or if you've got a frugal or cheap and you're like, <laughs> is it cheap to think that I will designate this money for my kids for their college only, but I am not willing to give it to them uh, within the retirement account? That's something I'm personally wrestling with <laughs> as we speak. I'll answer your question, man. <laughs> uh, but all right, we've, we've got more changes to retirement accounts that we need to discuss, including new Roth 401k rules. Uh, And we'll get to all that right after this. 
Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're (laughs) You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep talking about retirement account changes thanks to the the new Secure Act 2.0, which was passed basically at the very end of last year. I can't and wait for the uh, the upgrade, the Secure Act 2.2.1 update. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like we do need clarification on a lot of the changes that are that are happening. Hopefully, we'll get those in the coming weeks and months, and we will share as new information comes along. But there's just a lot worth covering, and specifically, we wanted to dedicate a whole section to 529 plans because there's massive changes there. Like we said, kind of like a new wing being added onto the house, mm-hmm. and it's worth covering and discussing in depth how that impacts folks who are saving for their kids' college or folks who hadn't considered saving for their, their kids' college but who do want to invest for their child's future, this now uh, gives them uh, another account to consider. And it's that secondary shoot. Yeah. You can always, yeah, you can always, there's always money in the banana stand. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> when you said that. And if any of you don't watch Arrested Development, go back and watch it tonight because it's one of the greatest shows on television uh, or, yeah, on streaming. But uh, Matt, let's talk about some other changing uh, elements 
uh, of retirement accounts thanks to what the Secure Act 2.0 has brought about. And we've got a few more things we want to get to. 401k hardship savings are now a reality. And so a good chunk of folks are now going to be able to save for a rainy day inside of their workplace retirement account, whether it's their 403b, 401k, which whichever workplace retirement account they have access to, if they have access to one. And the goal here is so that employers can basically help lower income workers out by allowing them to also qualify for the company match, but just on savings, at least until a certain point when the account achieves a sum of $2,500, which is eerily close to our $2,467 recommendation mm-hmm. of what folks should have in an emergency fund. They read the same report by the same economists that right. we got our number from. Exactly. So to uh, our listeners, they might see an HR email hit their inbox at some point this spring outlining their new ability to save for a rainy day inside of their retirement account. And this is kind of, this just isn't terribly exciting in our books because yeah, saving that much money in a savings account is literally our first money gear. Like that's what we want people to do from the outset when it's like, what's, what should my, my first goal with money be? Get that much money set aside in a savings account that you have. So, but if you've had trouble just getting to that point, this new provision, it might do a bit of good helping more folks to get there, which, which is going to be, let's be honest, a massive step for a whole lot of folks who are living paycheck to paycheck. If you have that much money in savings, whether it's inside of this new hardship savings inside of a 401k or 403b, this will probably lead to a lot of folks who need it the most to achieve a greater level of financial security. Awesome. To get established, lay that foundation. Yeah. This does not apply though to all employees. Uh, there are are some stipulations. The main one being that you can't take advantage of this if your income is over $135,000, which it kind of makes sense because high income earners, they should at least be able to find a little bit of wiggle room in their budget to be able to fund that emergency fund without this additional boost. And because of that new opt-in rule that we talked about earlier, if an employee doesn't opt out, they'd actually, they actually might be saving up money uh, without having to do anything at all because employers can also auto-enroll employees into one of these emergency savings accounts and establish a a contribution percentage of up to 3% on their behalf. So that's kind of important to keep in mind. Uh, Something else, what happens when they reach that that $2,500 threshold? Well, then the employer could just either stop those contributions altogether or they could deviate those dollars. They could funnel them towards the workplace retirement account instead. Mm -hmm. So know that that's an option that your employer now has the ability to do that on your behalf. And we've talked about over the years, Matt, the different psychological things that money is so in our brain. And often we don't take the actions that we want to that we know are in our best interest. And so some of these automatic uh, contributions from employers, not like that's just going to help people do the right thing without having to think about it, without even choosing to do it. Some might say that's like nanny state, big brother or something like that. But I, no, you can, you can always change it. Yeah. You can always, as long as you still have the option, which you do, there's nothing wrong with a little nudge. You can go back in there the very next day and be like, psych. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for trying. I want to spend all the dollars that I, that I, that I make. I don't want to save anything for my future. You still have that choice. Mm-hmm. But um, let's talk about some other changes. The, the RMD pushback is another one that happened in this bill. This one applies to fewer How to Money listeners because we have a, a younger audience. But here's the scoop. For individuals who turn 72 in 2023, this might have ramifications for your parents, by the way, RMDs will be pushed back by one year compared to the current rules, and they're going to begin at age 73. Age 73 will continue to be the age at which RMDs need to be taken for the next decade through 2032. Then beginning in 2033, RMDs are going to be pushed back even further to age 75. So for most of our listeners who are still 
decades from retirement, they're still a long ways off. This means that you won't be forced to take money out of your 401k or traditional IRA until you turn 75. That's right. Which is good news. Like you have more choice over when you take those funds out and nobody's telling you earlier on in your retirement years that you have to that you have to grab those that money and pay the tax piper. You you can let it uh, continue to grow. That's right. Yeah, I mean and with folks living longer and with a desire to continue to want to work at a job some somehow Maybe it's not. Maybe you're not making nearly as much as you used to make. But what that means is you oftentimes don't need to take that money out of the account, and you can let it grow. But some other good news on this front, though, is that Roth 401k accounts, which, by the way, they're our favorite choice for most folks because most folks are going to be earning more money in the future. Yeah, and tax rates are likely to go up too. They're likely going to go up after 2025. But if you have a Roth 401k account, this also means that you won't have any RMDs attached to them starting in 2024 uh, and moving forward either. So in our minds, this makes a ton of sense because Roth accounts, uh, regardless, they are funded with after-tax dollars, whether we're talking about Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks. But Roth IRAs, they already had no mandatory required minimum distributions. And so now their sister accounts, they won't have any forced withdrawals associated with them either. It makes sense. I mean, more of the... The, the language in this bill is pushing folks towards the expansion of what some writers have called like the Rothification of retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. More accounts now have the option to not only pay the taxes up front and let that money grow tax-free, but also to avoid those RMDs. Yeah, one other thing on the Roth front too is that it's just good news really for self-employed folks out there. Starting this year, you're going to be able to contribute to a Roth simple IRA and a Roth SEP IRA. Those accounts previously only allowed for pre-tax contributions, but that changes in 2023, this year. Mm -hmm. And so it it might take a minute for the brokerage company you work with to get everything up and running on their end, but look for that option soon. And for, again, given kind of where things stand from a tax standpoint in this country, uh, depending on your income, depending on your goals, depending on, you know, what your likely income is going to be in the future, it's it's hard to give a blanket statement for every single person. But Roth Roth accounts make sense for a lot of folks, and yeah, the the fact that Roth simples and Roth seps are going to be available now, starting this year, is a good thing. That's right. But uh, before we wrap this thing up, some additional news and information for our older listeners: catch-up contribution amounts are going up for folks who are in their early sixties, uh, and that catch-up amount is going to be indexed to inflation. What about the mustard amount? <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, but what this means is that since it's going to be indexed to inflation, it's going to, going to be essentially pegged to inflation. It means it's going to automatically change over the years. But for folks who are getting closer to retirement age and they haven't been able to sock as much as they'd like to uh, away into the retirement accounts over the decades, they'll now have a greater ability to put more into those accounts, at least for a few years, specifically between the ages of 60 and 63. Yeah. And believe it or not, there's even more in the Secure Act 2.0 that passed. Much of it is arcane and gets even more into the weeds than we've done on this episode. So we're going to um, try to maintain listeners and not be just completely boring and, uh, and and tell you stuff that you don't care about. But for instance, you can now offer your cleaning person or your nanny a SEP IRA. Let's say you're in that yeah. boat and you're like, you want to give them a retirement account. You're, well, try, you're trying to steal your neighbors or your, right? your, your friend's au pair. You're like, I, I offer <laughs> retirement benefits, right? Well, th- that's kind of interesting, but it's not necessarily applicable to a bunch of folks. they are also applicable to us. Right. There are also changes to ABLE accounts for disabled folks, which, which are going to be mm-hmm. helpful, but 
but those don't go into effect until 2026. That being said, we'll link to some of the best resources to help you understand the full scope of changes that this law creates in the show notes. If you're like, listen, I want to read like dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of arcane legislative language, then boom, if that's your, if that's your jam, we'll link to some of that stuff in the show notes. Hey, so you can dig into the details yourself. We'll, we'll link to the actual omnibus bill oh, yeah. and tell you what page to start on. If you want to read all 400 pages of the secure act, <laughs> if you really want to dive into and it, a dozen pairs of how to money socks for the first <laughs> listener that reads the entire bill. Uh, we want a book report in two weeks. <laughs> Obviously, we, we would still like to see more simplicity, right? Like when it comes to retirement accounts, they're still massively confusing to a slew of folks. We we co- totally get that. There's like an alphabet soup of di- different account names, <laughs> the income limits and the sliding scales. Seasoning uh, time periods, like and different years that they're getting implemented. Yeah. All of these, you know, they put uh, they put up a, a bit of a wall for a lot of folks who would otherwise be interested in investing but still, even though it might feel like you're, you're cramming, cramming for an exam, uh, if you learn how these accounts work, if you use them to your advantage, we think that you're going to be able to change your financial future in a massive way. And of course, we know that financial futures lead to your actual futures. Yeah. It's not just about money. It's about what you can then do with that money. These changes will quite literally allow you to make some serious changes to your life in the future. Yeah, we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, we talked about incentives and incentives drive us. Like whether we know it or not, the inc- like why do we get up and go to work every morning? It's it, it's typically not because uh, we'd rather be there than sleeping in our bed or hanging out with our kids or, or their significant other. Like bed, it is, bed was extra soft this morning. Ain't gonna right. lie. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's for other reasons, right? And it's the incentives that matter. And so mm. it's because we get healthcare and we like maybe hopefully we like what we do, but it's because we we get a paycheck from that job. And incentives drive what we do every single day. And the incentive changes inside of this Secure Act 2.0, which was passed in this omnibus spending bill, are going to impact our decisions moving forward. And so hopefully, yeah, you know a little bit of the lay of the land, some of the major changes that occurred in this in this bill and how you can use those changes to your advantage in the future as you're saving, investing, and you're building wealth. That's right. And again, if there is a, a part of the SECURE Act that passed that you did not hear us talk about or you want us to talk about talk about it in a specific way, send us a question. Go to howtomoney.com forward slash ask. Joel, speaking of incentives, one of the reasons that you and I that we come to work is that we're able to sip a craft beer while we record these episodes. So during this episode, we enjoyed an Imperial Strawberry White Ale. That's the only reason I showed up today. (laughs) For this beer. (laughs) Uh, It is like a nice little perk, you know, the ability for us to, I mean, literally we don't repeat beers. And so part of it is a, a mission to explore all the many different breweries and different awesome beers that are out there. This is by Tennessee Brew Works out of Nashville uh, in collaboration, I guess, with Cascade Moon. I think they're a distiller. They use their uh, their whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah. So because they were in, this beer was aged in whiskey barrels. It was a little boozy. It had a little bit of strawberry, all in that white ale base. So to me, this oh, was crazy. I thought this was, was unique busy. and interesting. Like yeah. it was, it was different than any other beer I've had. And I love a good beer aged in whiskey barrels. Like I'm hoping in Secure Act 3.0, they actually mandate all beers be aged in whiskey barrels <laughs> because that would make my day. But I, I thought this one was was fun. It was different. And it wasn't necessarily one of my favorites, but it was also it was also really tasty. Did you not like the... Uh, it had like a Belgian aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, more so than... I mean, it's a... We should have known that. It's a white ale. So yeah. it's like a... Some like of the a, spices... Like Bel- Belgian white. In white ales aren't... They're not always my favorite. Although we had one recently from St. Bernardus that was delicious that I loved. And, but this one had... It's because it had fewer of those spices. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I still I, I still really like yeah, this Yeah, it definitely... It, it kind of had... Immediately, you taste like the fruity floral action going on. 
but it, it, it might it obviously had notes of strawberry, um, but it also had like a peachy mango sort of fruitiness going on I as well, like that. a very kind of white light colored fruit or or a strawberry that it's like the unripened it, fuzzy portion. Y- yes, yeah, it's it's like a a strawberry that has maybe more white and green on it than actual deep red. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of had some of that tartness going on, which I enjoyed. It was a way to balance out some of the deeper notes that you get uh, when you age something in some oak barrels. But I agree with you. Any beer that is aged in oak it just takes it up another notch. And I'm glad this is one that you and I could enjoy today, buddy. But that's going to be it for this episode. This was this was a little more of an academic, nerdy, sit-down, textbook kind of episode. <laughs> uh, oftentimes we're talking maybe a little bit more about lifestyle or we're talking about things in a slightly more fun manner. But this one was, this one deserves the seriousness. Yeah. You know, this was like a stoic type of financial episode. And now you can look forward to Matt's spinoff podcast where he reads the Encyclopedia Britannica (laughs) each and every week. Not going to do it. But uh, (laughs) we hope that you did enjoy this episode, though, and that you're able to glean a bunch of value out of it. If you liked it and you haven't left us a review, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. But Joel, that's going to be it. It takes two seconds, just five stars. For this episode. It made me feel good. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride The first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.